This is it, boys. We made it to 100. The hundo. I can't believe it. It, th- it only took us 52 years to get here. <laughs> <laughs> Slow and steady. Slow and steady wins the race. I The fact that I've gotten to like look back on Goosebuds in this last year, especially when I just kind of mentioned it to a you know coworker or a friend, and I'm like, oh, you're still doing that? Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, it's not been that long. They're like, you were talking about that when you were like Ed Maker or whatever. I'm like, oh my God. Many seasons have passed <laughs> since we started this podcast. Many moons have fallen and set. Many, many cicadas have emerged from the ground. <laughs> that I think I think an entire like cycle of them have occurred within this. Oh, at least. <laughs> at least. We've definitely replaced all the cells in our body since uh since Goosebuds started. Yep. Mm-hmm. Someone could have conceived a child. <laughs> At the beginning of this episode of this podcast, and that child would would still not be old enough to listen to our podcast. No, but they're secretly <laughs> listening to it. They're like they're playing Fortnite and listening to Goosebuds. They're like, oh my god! I'd love to meet the nine year old who thinks that they need to listen to a podcast about Goosebumps. <laughs> I'd love to meet a nine year old who's nostalgic for the nineties. <laughs> I I don't know. It, it's got to come back around though, right? Like I feel like millennial stuff is like it's here now back. What is the Breakfast Club of the nineties? Um, Ooh, like the movie, the yeah. definitive movie. I I'll throw out mine. I know what Chad's is. What I don't know because I'm 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 blanking. Empire Records for you. Oh, I guess for the, I was thinking like 2000s. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's on that. Empire cut. Records is very much of a 90s. Yeah, but it's sure. mid 90s. Like Mall Rats to me is yeah. very much of a like late 90s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like that one's yours. I would say Can't Hardly Wait would be mine. Is that the Jennifer Love Hewitt? Like yeah. Seth, Seth Green? Yep, 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 yep. Nice. Okay. What are you doing, Kevin? Uh, Babette's Feast would that be your '90s pick? Well, yeah, yeah, I would pick. I would pick Babette's Feast. That is the. <laughs> I don't even know that film. Okay, Babette's Feast is like one of my favorite, like arty. You know what? No one just look it. Just go <laughs> look it up. It was a no joke. one wants to hear me describe a Norwegian film from the. 90s, it was so just watch it. God, Kevin, you're cool. It was a joke <laughs> between me and Kevin because I know it's one of his favorite movies and he brings it up a lot. And I and I have still haven't watched it. It's my bad. Uh, but yeah. I will say that that movie, <laughs> that movie, made in 1987, damn near close to being a 1990s movie, Kevin. I don't think it was brought over to. Uh, well, it probably was brought over pretty fast because it's a classic, and anyone looking at it would realize its worth. But uh, <laughs> anyone willing to watch it, if you want to see some like proto Wes Anderson style storytelling, interested. Babette's Feast. Guys. We, oh, God, sorry, Kevin, I cut you off. Uh, 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 Paul, are you about to suggest we do a Goosebuds episode on Babette's <laughs> Feast? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. We know each wow. other so well after 100 episodes of this show. We're taking a hard shift after episode 100. We're just going to get into, like, you, indie? 90s yeah, indie? Yeah, we're going to just partner up with Criterion Channel, and we're just going to go through the entire <laughs> uh, the entire discog. Criterion Buds. We, for this centennial episode of Goosebuds, we covered yes. the sequel to the hit. 2015 film Goosebumps. Goosebumps 2, colon, Haunted Halloween. Yeah. Starring, in quotations, Jack Black? Nope. The movie, this movie, I was like, I don't know if you guys knew this going in, but I didn't know that Jack Black had about five minutes of screen time in this movie. He doesn't show up until the 56-minute mark in a 90-minute movie. I, he, I thought, like, for sure, 
in this movie that they were showing him when they go to his house, right? Which is like, what, 15 minutes into the movie, 10 minutes into the movie? I'm like, for sure. And in a sense, they kind of did because they had the the slappy appearance there, right? But Mm. he doesn't even voice slappy. No, he he doesn't even voice slappy in this one, which I found to be an insult. That is a massive insult. Oh, okay. That does explain some things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> hashtag kevin hasn't seen any movies i have not seen the first Goosebuds, I, okay but. this is i was so excited to talk about this with you kevin because i was oh. like i was like kevin wasn't here for the first one we were we were we watched that with dom so we didn't even so i didn't even know what your experience with the goosebumps movie was yeah i didn't need, i didn't have to watch it so i obviously didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean c- to recap the first one, uh, boy breaks into R.L.'s house, mm-hmm. meets yep. a cute girl, mm-hmm. opens okay. a book, unleashes Slappy and a bunch of other other Goosebumps stories out into the world. Mm-hmm. The movie kind of focused on the most boring ones, except for maybe Lawn Gnomes and Slappy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And okay. then there's a bit of a Cabin in the Woods thing at the end where, you know, all of them are attacking the school. And, like, a, pre- a pretty big deal. Like... Thousands of people scarred for life by R.L. Stein's books. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yep. And, and then, and then, what I was interested to see if there was going to be a parallel to the the big metaphysical question of the girl, uh, the the girl that's befriends that you think is R.L.'s daughter is actually a book herself. She's the ghost next door, mm-hmm. and Aww. and you know, our the boy has to also put her away in the book, which traps her in a hell world forever. It's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful, horrible ending. It's, it's yeah. Great. And then RL writes a new ghost next girl book for him to bone, I guess, like for the boy to bone. It's, it's Yeesh. Chad. I absolutely forgotten about that ending. <laughs> I still think about that. Cause I, I, I know it's just my hill to die on, but I think it is a weird choice. I, I have, I have a lot of love overall for the career of jack black i yeah in the last not prepping for this movie but in the last couple of weeks uh we watched in the household uh both rewatched school of rock okay better, actually than i liked it more now than i did the first time mm-hmm. and also uh pick a destiny like pretty like mm. a flawed film but some good jokes in it john mm-hmm. serrano sasquatch very funny <laughs> that is good i have never seen either of those movies which is astounding i loved the album when it came out but I never saw the movie. I have seen both those movies, which is even more astounding than Paul does. <laughs> that is more. That is more astounding. Wow. School of Rock requires you to suspend your disbelief that, like, he is playing in this school and no one can hear him. I know they soundproof the room, uh-huh. but it's also just like I don't think for a whole semester you're getting away with these kids practicing in the classroom. Sure. Anyway. Sure. But again, that's part of the premise. <laughs> that's your. That's your fucking nitpick of school. <laughs> it's so like that the soundproofing is unrealistic. When I rewatched it again, it was still just like there's like this anxiety hanging over every scene. Where I'm like, the door is right there. Like, <laughs> Chad, <laughs> like no Chad, one walks by. Chad, you have the same anxieties I have when I watch cartoons and they start making a mess of somebody's house, and I'm like. Who's cleaning this up later? Yeah, someone's going to notice, guys. <laughs> Chad, he's got an alternative teaching style, which he's established to the rest of the faculty. Obviously, if they hear anything, right. they're going to explain it away with that's part of his alternative teaching style. That's Jack, just he him. pulls up to the class the class building in a giant van belching smoke with like a dragon on the side. Something John Candy would do, yes. I guess. At least he showed up for that class, unlike this movie damn that's right all right 
I may not like Jack Black in this movie, but I do legitimately like this movie. Okay. Right. Do we want to just shake out where we all stand on it right off the top? Yeah, because I'm going to fight Kevin right now through the podcast. All right. I wouldn't do that. I love you, Kevin. Chad, whatever whatever we say to each other here, let, let's let's put up a, a ward, a psychic barrier that it shall not harm our friendship. <laughs> We're putting runes everywhere and just this Goosebumps 2 will not break us. No, no. <laughs> But I will say, I had a lot of fun. Uh, there's some excellent monster designs in here, yes. mingled with some not very excellent monster designs. That's fair. And I legitimately enjoy how shitty the puppeteering of Slappy is. I mm-hmm. think it's hilarious. Well, it's funny you say that, Kevin. Because yes. I I got the impression that he wasn't even puppeteered, but animated in this in one. Some scenes, in some scenes, yes. Uh, like, where he's, like, walking towards the camera. He's uh, there's that scene where he like gets off, off the, the chair, chair and starts walking towards the yeah. camera. That's CG, but in other scenes, he's definitely puppeteered, and there's puppeteering credits for him on in the credits. Oh, nice catch! Okay. So they so they did yeah. do a physical puppet. Okay, they they did do a physical puppet, but they also mixed in some CG. Because one of the smart things they did in this movie with in regards to designs was like with the with the uh, do, like the lawn gnomes was like mm-hmm. making them look like real like the real world materials and just like. Mm-hmm. Playing within that, I think that helped a lot of the monster designs because they kind of kept like the material that they like. They some of them became the real monsters, right? But some of them stayed in that like, oh, this was made out of this, you know, lawn gnome that came to life or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. but yes, but also, why did the lawn gnomes this time become black when they were evil? They were green. It was the light. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay, I, I did not okay. notice the color change in it at all. There was a color change when the spell went over them that hadn't happened in the first one. I also saw that Chad, and later when they show up to harass Jack Black, they're definitely green. Good. Okay. Oh, the scene what? where Jack. Can we talk about? I know we wanted to get all of our stances for it. That scene where Jack Black shows up uh-huh. in minute like a hundred, uh-huh. and yeah. he just clearly was available for a day. It is yes. just reacting to things off camera where uh-huh. he like pulls up into a quiet city <laughs> yeah. square yeah. and he's like, oh, well, well, witches. And then like cuts, cuts the shot of witches. Oh, gnomes. And, like, it's just like such a clearly like that's the, they didn't have I, anyone else <laughs> to interact with him. I almost wonder how many of the designs were just his improvs that they were like, well, now the fucking gnomes are back. Great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You guys can't deny that those witch designs are sick. The witch, the witch designs, designs were cool. dope. That was so dope. There was and uh the the pumpkin creature, good design. Yep. Uh, Which pumpkin yeah. creature? Which one? The 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 army one that was Arlie Ermy's voice beyond the grave. Those were bad. Those were bad ones. <laughs> what? No, those were fun. You you're telling well, me that uh, Terry was fun. No, I actually loved Terry. Terry was the fun. Dumb, the dumb pumpkin. Yeah. Voiced by I looked it up voiced by the great Darren DePaul, amazing voice actor I know is like Reinhardt from Overwatch. Crushed oh, it. Oh, awesome. As Terry the pumpkin. And then yeah. The boy destroys him immediately. I know. No I threat know. at all. <laughs> yeah, children are the villain. Children are truly the villain. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the designs were good. I did not like the, uh, the pumpkin seed bit. I was like a little like, okay, this is a little over the top. But then when the flame happened, good. But the, the pumpkin seeds, I was like, all right. So Sam is just getting pelted lightly with seeds and that's supposed to impede, (laughs) that's impeding him. I, I, I compared while we were watching this, I was kind of doing like, not a kill count, but like sort of a kill count versus like damage count to the first. RL kills five. RL kills five. This is a pretty light 
chaos. Like I was, yeah. I was like, mostly some lawns have fire set, mm-hmm. and the yeah. witches carry three boys. The cool witches, I only yeah, Kevin, those are really cool kitchens. They carry three boys away. Yeah, only one boy is dropped at the end. Only, only one, one boy, boy is dropped. dropped. <laughs> so that means those other two boys are dead. <laughs> yes. And also. Based on that the boy was taken up into the sky at night, the spell was broken at night, and then he falls at daytime. That boy was falling for, like, an hour. Yes. I will say witches are magic, so... Sure. <laughs> sure, the mag- the witch threw him in a time portal like Doctor Strange. Yeah, and, yeah classic. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Chad. We all know how witches work, right? Yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm yeah, on board. When a, when a witch is thwarted, <laughs> she returns her thrall for the maximum dramatic impact. She that's when she returns. Yeah, it. yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You're, well, thro- you're thrown through a drama portal. Yeah. Well, it was, it, <laughs> yeah. uh, that would actually kind of make sense because it was a book that <laughs> that opened up to seal them away. So a drama portal could be possible. That's true. Uh, balloon spider, pretty cool. Balloon spider balloon was spider, cool. Pretty cool. Balloon spider was cool. Gummy bear fight. Gummy bear fight. Gummy bear. No, uh, that was began cool. Got stupid when they were small. Cool. When they got a little bigger, I was like, okay. And then it started, it kept going a little too long, and I was like, hmm, not so much anymore. Gummy bear fight, interesting enough, only hit for me when they got the very final gummy bear. When when I tried to swallow it. When there was one shot in this movie that was scary, and that was the gummy bear in its full human sized form Mm -hmm. eating the child, like by just kind of pushing him into his form and like gnawing down on his head. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that would kill that kid. Mm hmm. I thought the I thought the gnome sized gummy bear like suffocating Sunny. That was pretty was scary too. That's pretty scary too. When yeah. they got when they yeah. got to the blob stage, it, then it got scary. But gummy bears are not a Halloween thing. Okay, well, yeah. Let's we, do we do we want to go there, Chad? I, I just I, mean, I am on these. Uh, I well, Kevin is on the firm, strong stance of this was a dope movie. I'm gonna put that word in your mouth. You said the word dope. Okay. <laughs> Loose, I just, I just gotta him. say loose gummy bears, Chad. Loose gummy bears. An open bowl of gummy bears that would be so gross. That okay, that bowl is one of my favorite bits in the movie. That's one of my favorite parts. Like was that uh-huh. was that was that freak out? And I was so disappointed that there were loose gummy bears because I could not see that infraction. I could not let that infraction go. No, same on top about my interpretation of the bowl of loose gummy bears is uh, this is an internal bowl, not a bowl for public distribution. That was that was a, a snacking bowl for the woman who so, lived yeah, there. Okay, that means that the grandma that was asleep through that entire sequence. By the way, they just yeah. kept like never, which is funny. Like, which is like funny. boys being suffocated, and in the next room, grandma is just sleeping, but they don't show yeah. you that. That's uh, funny though. No, it was funny. Joke, I wanted to Chad. see that. Sh- I wanted to see that shot. You got to show the shot to make the joke work for me. But I but I also want to see. Her, I want to see her wake up for a perfect or like like, sl- like slap her arm at a perfect time. I want to. I want her getting involved. Sleep. sleep yeah, grandma. I don't know. Or grandma wakes up and pulls out a gun and shoots the gummy bear. I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> This this dead need more guns in it for sure. Did you punch up for the gummy bears? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. You know what? Listen, I thought it was all done better in Krampus, which came out the exact same year, and the the gingerbread monsters were way better. Wow. Different okay. Movie. Okay. Different movie, but exact same premise of like what do these little candy things try to kill? Well, you can't do that in that's folk horror in Krampus. This is American horror. We can't just mix our folk and our American horror. <laughs> sure. Sure. That's the, that's the line. <laughs> <laughs> A manufactured treat such as 
such as gummy bears cannot be used in a full car. I, I can look past that it was a probably a two pound bowl of gummy bears and then grew to the size of a person. Mm-hmm. I can just ignore <laughs> that. It just kept gaining through, mass. It's fine. Through Tesla coil magic. Okay. Let's Oh my we need, god, we need Tesla to, coil. Jesus Christ. We need to set some context for this. And I gotta say, starting it <laughs> off saying Tesla was right the whole in the very beginning. <laughs> Bold move, bold move, because it also makes now everything previously in the Goosebumps canon in, live in this world where Nikolai Tesla is the right was right. But isn't he right yeah. in all universes? Yeah, like what's your what's your beef with Tesla? No, like Are you I, an Edison like, man. This is like Edison AIDS, ACDC. I am propaganda. not. Pro, I am not pro Edison in any way. <laughs> <laughs> that elephant had what's coming to it. All right. <laughs> This is definitely our most combative episode. <laughs> I got a vaccine shot. I'm all pissed up today. Let's go. Okay, so do they do they really have a statue to Tesla in this town in America? Like a real thing? I don't. Is that a real town? I think I think it might be. I, okay, so I, I'm looking it up now. <laughs> the tower, uh, Warden Cliff Tower, is real apparently. So apparently this is real. I was I did not know this was real. I just assumed that Nikolai Tesla, you know, was just like. I just assumed we kind of were like, eh, that guy, no one cares about that. We care about that guy. <laughs> but I didn't think I didn't think America as an institution had put up any monuments to Tesla. Is I what think I'm hacky screenplay writers care about Tesla a lot. That's I, lo- my, I mean, that's we all view. love we all love Tesla. I think you guys are refusing to step into the magic circle for this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, and, and in, our, in our defense, in our defense, Kevin, in our defense for the magic circle. We experienced the first magic circle of this movie, and Nikolai Tesla was not brought up at all. No, this is a town in somewhere in Northeast, Northeast America, where Mm -hmm. both R.L. Stein grew up and Nikola Tesla had a factory. Mm -hmm. I guess just his machines were all just still going. We're just ready to run. Yes, that's, that's, yep, that's part of the setup. I don't know. For I, it felt kind of like RL going, like, and the great RL Stein grew up here as well. I don't know. What That's was, how I, was... I felt about it too. That there was like the two greats of our town, Nikola Tesla <laughs> and RL Stein. <laughs> All right, so you guys don't like the ley line theory of <laughs> suggests that if they had said there was a ley line, I would love that, Kevin. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> it's called subtext, Chad. <laughs> I don't know. Is the subtext slappy going? Uh, or uh, the the boy from it going Tesla thought he could use this tower to transmit electricity, radio waves, even brain control. Like I'm like no n- what? No he didn't. I don't think he did. Don't put he, words I in mean, in Tesla's mouth. Te- Tesla slept like 4 hours a day, so like he could have some crazy theories that we don't know. I also, Again, it's yeah. it's plausible. It's pl- uh, it's meant to be plausible. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's real and also like what was like wait, I thought that was just in the prestige. There's like that part in the science experiment where he like sends electricity to the girl's the light bulb in the girl's hand. I'm like, I don't think that's real. I didn't think that was a real thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Chad Chad, you're right. That movie was unbelievable because Tesla would not interact with the magician, no matter how fantastic. <laughs> he didn't want to, but he didn't want to do it. And Hugh Jackman was like, "Please give me a machine." What a what a completely unthinkable movie that I could not enjoy. <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say that I obviously Kevin fell pro Goosebumps too. Chad was was anti. I fell firmly in the shrug. After I finished watching it, camp. So, like, I don't know why I'm falling into this, like, attack mode on this. <laughs> I don't know either. If I if I could try to deduce why, 
I believe, Paul, one of your most infamous quotes that I think attributed is that, what is it, a neutral experience? All neutral experiences are the worst. Yeah. yeah. So I would say a shrug is a neutral experience, therefore the worst. Hey, he's right. <laughs> he's fucking right. <laughs> use, my, use my own words against me. Well, time to pack it in, guys. It's been 100 episodes. See you around. <laughs> Let's 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 just go through the story beats a little bit. Okay. We have okay. Okay. in this town where the great minds of our generations, what is this, Philly? Uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all are born. R.L. Stein, mm-hmm. Nikola Tesla. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. A, a, a young girl is writing her college admissions essay about fear. Mm-hmm. Fear. Fear. And then also also maybe about challenges, I guess. And fear. She's <laughs> like, I can't, I don't know what to write about fear. Fear. And then Scream shows up in her window. Yep. Oh my god, I forgot about the boy trying to like prank her. Uh, yeah. Tyler. To which Jen, Tyler, to which Jen said, Tyler's a jerk, and she called Tyler's yeah. character arc wow. instantly. Jen's radar is oh, perfect. She, yeah. she, dude, she, the whole movie, Jen was convinced that the whole time that Slappy was just doing nice kids things for the kids, and I think she might have been right, and the kids really just screwed it up. Oh, interesting. They never really had, like, a sit-down with Slappy being like, you know, we really like the intent of where you're going with this, but you're going about it in a really, like, uh, unproductive and violent way. Like, let's just talk about this. They were push- They were pushing him off course. He was on course, and they kept pushing him off. I- can is it? I I want to I want to blame the kids because the kids I think were kind of lame in this one. But if the if Slappy is all over the place, Slappy is mm-hmm. I want to be your best friends mm-hmm. to will be a family to then like and then Slappy decided he wanted a mama instead. I'm like what? When? Where? Anyway. I I I actually kind of liked that um, uh, Sarah was having trouble writing uh, a story about fear. And mm-hmm. then she turns out to be like the bravest, most actiony character. So that's why she has the. Oh has my the goodness! Block. He fit. He, wow, wow. Because she's the one like picking up the bat, like doing the dirty work. She's not afraid of mm-hmm. most things, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it's hard to write about fear for her. That said, there were other things like there's like one write about fear, two write about blah. Like there are other things she could write about for a call. Yeah, right. like, about a challenge in your life. I'm like just move to the challenge thing. Talk about yeah. like a hard hard test you had or something. Um, <laughs> but. But I do like that Sonny's uh, superpower seems to be empathy. Like, he's actually, like, a pretty nice, like, caring kind of dude who's pushed into being braver. So his right. arc is kind of about bravery. Sam doesn't really get an arc. Sam's just around to support Sonny, I guess. I, I would have liked maybe any payoff to Sam's whole, we're junk people or whatever. Yeah. We're treasure hunters, he kept saying. Uh-huh. In the I thought Will Grab Your Junk was a pretty crass joke for... Yeah, well, I was surprised they, by that, too. I was, yeah. too. So, so the, yeah, the the two main boys, uh, Sam and Sonny, mm-hmm. it's, I couldn't even remember their names, so thank you, Kevin. Sonny is yeah. the kid from It, right? Yep. Um, and in this movie, It exists. It is part of the R.L. Stein <laughs> yeah, universe. So it slappy. Mm-hmm. Um, they are there. Sonny is working on a science project, mm-hmm. but it is a big nerd. And uh, Sonny is a fucking engineering marvel because that yes. diorama that he builds, <laughs> yeah, fucking insane. That's what a workshop shit is. That connects. Uh, it was like Erector Set two thousand. It was like it was, yeah. it was it was above and beyond. I said to Jen, I was like, this kid's going places. Like just like oh, yeah. 
I wanted to see that kid's D and D miniatures because the paint job he did on that on that like mini Tesla coil was amazing. It was weathered Bronze perfectly. Yeah. Wow. He kind oh, of yeah. built a weapon of war, really. He definitely uh, went against the Geneva Convention with that for sure. <laughs> Imagine playing Warhammer with this kid. How cool your <laughs> yes, maps would be. Yeah. He roasts he roasts your entire army with a real Tesla coil. Like, hey, sorry, that's how it works. <laughs> that cost me $350, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> I mean, Sonny, whatever your name is. So it's Sonny, and then the other kid's name is is what? Sam. Sam. Sam, Sam is his so, friend, yeah. Sonny, Sam, Sarah. They're all S names, yep. so you can kind of have that mnemonic, but they don't do a good job in the first half of reminding you what their names are or introducing them very well. Yeah, I, I really felt like they were kind of generic to me. They felt, I, I get that there was at least like a, Sarah wants to write an essay, know what fear is. Sonny mm. wants to finish his experiment. Sam is maybe an entrepreneur. Maybe right. he's an entrepreneur. I noticed there was a lot of care taken in how each of like the kids' rooms are set up in mm-hmm. to sort, of, sort of describe their character like... Um, Sarah's room is very like clean, but like you could have put like a Sarah sign somewhere. Like just, uh-huh. give, us just give us anything to like get, let us know that her name is Sarah because I didn't know her name was Sarah until like minute forty-five. Yeah, like maybe above the Columbia University pennant she has, it says Sarah wants to go to. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> I was that but, was uh, a joke. That was a joke. Do not actually put that into your movie. <laughs> Do not. None of us are movie lawyers. Do not take our movie. Do not advice. take my lawyer advice. <laughs> more, more movies need to do the a quiet place device of just a big whiteboard, just like what are their weaknesses? What do I want? <laughs> yes. Like just having uh-huh. the characters' needs and questions put right there for the audience. Yep. Yeah, we've shown enough. Why don't we tell some shit? <laughs> <laughs> so Sam's parents mm. go away on town. Yeah. For no, no, they don't even pay that off where he comes back at the end, like, hey, Sam, how was your weekend? And, and he's like, well, I almost died. You are, ah. you are cinema sensing this thing so fucking. I don't know if I'm <laughs> cinema. How dare you? How dare you? In the safe circle, Kevin? How dare you? Oh, no. You? Oh, no. The, the runes, they're starting to, they're starane to quiver and break. <laughs> the runes are breaking. <laughs> I'm talking about setup and payoff, is all I need. Why does the Sam thing have to be a setup and payoff? <laughs> Sam's, Sam's dad didn't buckle his seatbelt when he left <laughs> ding or whatever that's <laughs> someday cinema sins will will do a video on something i've made and i will lose my goddamn mind. i can't wait to see <laughs> yeah. it i can't wait to I see am... it <laughs> you're gonna have to, you guys are gonna have to deal with it and that in that day chad i will be in your corner i will be there for you thank <laughs> you kevin the circle the circle of protection will be around both of you and it will be for both of you at that yeah point. we will we will we will unite the clans and resist the warlock magic <laughs> together. We will we will break that fucking ding bell that he puts in all of his stupid videos. God damn, yeah. cinema sense. Um, yeah. So Sam, whether his parents ever come back or not, doesn't important. Sam <laughs> wants to start a business, mm-hmm. and yeah. his big business, like you guys mentioned, was with with flyers everywhere that's "We'll grab your junk." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, the junk brothers. Which yeah, it seemed like a joke, but then like didn't get played off like a joke. There's like another like there's a joke later on where he's like, "Oh, hey, we're junk. Junk's our middle name." And Sonny's like, "I can't believe you said that." Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was supposed to be the reaction to like, "We'll grab your junk." Like that's mm-hmm. the we realize it's flawed, but I think that there might have been some some oh, you think some that dabbling. Was a I think there was yeah. some dabbling in this. I do I definitely yeah. do. 
Sure. Well, I can also add the like just for context for all of this. I may be a little biased, and I did. I went down the least of the rabbit hole of research, and there were multiple versions of this film before they got. This is the one that got made. Uh-huh. There was okay. there was going to be a Goosebumps two was originally going to be called, called Goosebumps Horror Land and take place at the amusement park, which oh, I bet would have been awesome. There was another one called Goosebumps two Slappy's Revenge, mm-hmm. and then this one Goosebumps Haunted Halloween. And at least in those revisions, there was a version where Jack Black wasn't in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder if it was this version, and they added him a little bit in the in, in the last minutes. You know what I mean? He super did not need to be there, and I will willingly admit that there's too much Slappy in this movie. Slappy goes off in this, and Slappy uh, was was training in a hyperba- hyperbolic chamber like <laughs> during the time between episode one and episode two, because Slappy <laughs> Slappy has insane powers of teleportation and and mental kinesis. Yeah. Slappy is a god in this movie, and and maybe to save the animation budget because like. It's a lot easier to have Slappy just look at something and then it fly across the room in CG than, you know, Slappy to, like... Slap it. Go get that thing. Slap it. Or hit them. Or tackle. Or anything. Um, it's, it's definitely a very anime interpretation of Slappy. Where they're like, <laughs> oh, he's, he's an animated uh, doll. Maybe he can animate other things. And the mm-hmm. whole thing is about, like, him, like, reaching level 999 and now he can bring life to... Uh, the rubber horror masks and shit. So he has supreme power in this for sure. Yeah, yeah. maybe th- maybe there's no other plot to talk about other than we'll just get to sl- they they do junk digging in this house. Yeah, yeah. A woman asks for a job and then that's not really again it's not really paid off. I was kind of thinking that that was supposed to be like a setup and then like oh well, who yeah, what was up with that? Who ordered yeah, the was, hit on this? Who house? did order the hit? We were wondering about that. Is it RL? <laughs> Yeah, that is an interesting loose end too. I thought it might be the bullies. Like, and uh, I thought that the, dude. I thought that's what it was going to be as well, Kevin. Because the bullies meet them there outside the house and take all their <laughs> the good bullies shit. show up and are like, "Give us your junk." They yeah. just take the things. <laughs> yeah, just to be me. We're we're also skipping over like some really weird celebrity. Uh, oh, the Chris uh, Parnell and the uh, well, because Ken, Ken Jong was in the first one, right? Was he? Maybe oh. no. Ken be, Ken Jong felt like heavy padding of we don't have Jack Black we need to get someone in here. Yeah, oh yeah, him and Chris Barnell. I feel like they were like, oh, we need we got to get the funnies in. Okay, here's my here's my punch up for this. Yeah, um, I would love it if R.L. Stein was a mantle like Thor, and mm. <laughs> anyone could be R.L. Stein, and like it. Like oh us, yeah. Instead of Jack Black showing up, like they fake like Jack Black's gonna show up. Instead. Ken Jong puts on like the glasses. Now like, that now RL style. Now that would have been something. That would have been kind of cool. That would have been kind of cool. Ken Jong is also like he's introduced as just kind of I guess the overeager neighbor that is maybe annoying but also maybe mm-hmm. sweet. He's just he's going super hard on Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. He's like putting mm-hmm. animatronics in the yard. He's a Mr. Dink. Is that the Doug? Dink. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's the I have an extraordinary amount of money. Yeah. I'm just blowing it all on this. I live alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Parents keep your kids ten feet away from me, but you mm-hmm. know, like maybe he's nice. And but but we he did he was responsible for the costume basement scene, which oh my god was go. very mystery men. So I have to. Oh, laugh. that's <laughs> why you liked it. This makes so much sense. I gotta say, I gotta say, in a movie with inspired designs, when they stepped out in their costumes, I was like, oh geez, those aren't brands. They inspired. made those in like. 30 minutes give them a break they're kids this is i'm this is one of the worst suit up montage scenes i've ever seen kevin and i'm trying to be superlative 
in this safe space where we are friends outside the circle. I I don't know about like the moment where ev- the the heroes are supposed to kind of reunite and they're going to get it done, right? This is the head- we're heading into the third act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To a Imagine Dragon's Light song about how we're going to be invincible or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Legendary. This is like uh, the the wise old man distributing boons as they cross the threshold yes. into, into yeah. adventure. And it was just, let's make some Halloween costumes. Including yeah. Sarah goes, what if I make another book? I just take this Frankenstein book and put a lock on it. And, and, and it's like, we'll be legendary, legendary, legendary. <laughs> and they're like walking out into the street where they're just wearing like, it's just like a, it's like a witch costume. Yeah. All right. We, we complain about kids in Goosebumps book having no, in Goosebumps books having no foresight and no like plan and no like creativity. But Sarah puts together a fake book that's pretty convincing. Oh, I was, I'm, and I was not upset about that. I personally was not upset about that. Uh, I will say that these kids did act like ki- like kids from a book, which is both to the movie's benefit in that it accurately portrays children from a Goosebumps book. But that is not a <laughs> positive thing for the movie in that <laughs> children from a, from a from a Goosebumps book typically are not the greatest. I, I including including Rook, I just have to say, including Sonny going. Is this really happening out loud when all the monsters show up, which felt like a line straight from one of the books? Sure. But Sonny mm. also also says, uh, we just killed a puppet and like seems to show some regret over taking a life, which is not a Goosebumps <laughs> kid thing to do. That's like, true. That, that makes him better than most Goosebumps kids. And I, and I did like that when they were talking about solutions to the problem. Uh, Ken Jong's character does drop a say cheese die reference to which I said to Jen out loud oh that's the one where the kids use the, th- use the thing to kill a man with a cursed camera yeah I, he brings up a say cheese and dies moment that I don't think is actually in it like what it's when um it's when Sonny and Sarah are like both admitting fault and like being like hey we forgive each other and all that he's like mm-hmm. this is just like it's say cheese and die I'm like I don't think any Goosebumps book has had like a touching admission of mutual fault in it. Uh-huh. Wait, do they say I did I miss a part of the movie where they compare it to one of the Goosebumps books? Yeah, they- Ken Jong is like calling out all the beats and he's like he's basically just listing uh titles, but he compares like the reconciliation between Sonny and Sarah to Say Cheese and Die, which I don't think there is a touching reconciliation between No, I somehow totally that I totally missed that moment, but that also kind of tracks in that I I know I'm being incredibly hard on this movie, mm-hmm. but I do have a place of caring. When Ken Ken Jeong, I was very kind of excited, but like essentially he, he's like what we talked about. You know, Kevin, I know you didn't watch Goosebumps the first one, but I remember mm-hmm. in the in our first movie review with Dom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we talked about how it felt like there was kind of a missed opportunity that it talked about how one of the kids, like the dorky best friend knows Goosebumps books, mm-hmm. but it doesn't pay off at all. Really? Like right. I, I remember us wanting like a, Oh, it'd be so great. If like one of the, the, the fan, like he knew the tropes, so he knew how to out with slappy and like Ken Jeong is all set for that to happen in this movie where he loves Goosebumps books. They did the same thing, but they didn't really help in any way he was like oh no oh let me guess oh everyone's coming alive let me guess scarecrow walks at midnight oh monster blood and i want to be like ken jong that's not what happens in those books you fucking poser like i <laughs> yeah. want to be 
I was a little mad about that, but that's because I do a podcast about goosebumps. It would have been so nice that's... if he could. It would have been nice if he could have helped them in a more. And it was a direct way that he helped them by giving them the costumes. But it would have been nice if he could have given them some sort of like table turning uh, uh, advice that they could have used, and the kids could have actioned into into mm-hmm. happening at yeah. the end. Instead, I mean, the book. I think her using the book, the fake book, was good. But it would have been nice if there was some other thing where he's like, oh, you, they, this type of thing always happens in a Goosebumps book. And then they can, you know, remember that knowledge and use it. You know what I mean? There's always – if he, if he had said – I'm just workshopping this. If he had been yeah. like, here's the thing about the Goosebumps book. There's always a crazy twist at the end. The hero, mm-hmm. You know, like if he had used that as almost like a way to inspire them when it felt like all was lost, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But instead he just – yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of happy that uh, I'm actually very happy that there's no Deus Ex Machina in this uh, in the story. It's all the, these kids are realizing their own potential and acting on it. Yeah. to save the day. And I think it wraps up about as cleanly as a Goosebumps book does. Like it doesn't like they don't try to f- to flip things around on you too much. The kids kind of have a plan. They go in and while they encounter some troubles during it, they pretty much execute their plan as they intend. Uh, they they kind of just came in and got it done, right? Yeah, like they mm-hmm. kind of just they kind of had the book. Yep. And then the main drama of the third act is we lost the book temporarily. We get the book back, right? And then yeah. we can just hold it open and suck everyone away. And also, when you have the railgun that kills the goosebumps monsters, maybe use it a little bit more. Like you know, when yeah. you first see the monsters, start killing them. Oh my God! Yes, yes. I I, I thought I thought it was a pretty big plot hole that um, the monsters wouldn't attack them once they were in Halloween costumes because it's Halloween. Everyone's in costumes, right? Right. Like that was a pretty big plot hole, which I was a little bit like, uh, all right. It like, it, it mm-hmm. felt a, it's it's a little unfair to always compare it to another one, but since that was such a great moment in Shaun of the Dead. Of like, mm-hmm. Right, we right. pretend to be zombies, and like, but it was like a brilliant way, right? They do, they lean into it. They have the friend mm-hmm. like teach them how to act, and they get into it, and like, mm-hmm. all of those great moments, as opposed to just like I honestly, when they went up after the after that montage, when they went up to the steps, and all the monsters turned to them, it didn't seem like their plan had been, oh, this will trick them. It seemed like they were going like, oh fuck, we're caught, and then they just kind of stumbled into it. That's how it mm-hmm. felt like it was played, but this might be how it was directed and like edited. A lot. Yeah, a lot yeah. Of things that maybe the tone of it was kind of. I think it was supposed to be scary in this moment, but the way it was just like music cued was a job. Jo- yeah, it's also a comedy. This is not a horror movie. No, the movie the movie doesn't get really scary at all. I think the one it wasn't even scary, but I thought it was fun. Was that hand? So they go into the uh, Sam and Sunny mm. go into the old woman's house to. Uh-huh. Uh, what are they going in there for? I what don't the- know. What are they? they oh, because the book is in there. Go- they're going to get the book from. Um, the the bully to, uh, Tommy yeah they're going to get the book from Tommy's room that's Tommy's house okay gotcha oh so he's the one he who all, likes the ice skaters yeah yeah he like he likes ice skating and I hate <laughs> I hate it when they humanize the bully I like, know I don't want to hear about a story with a humanized bully. I want to hear about a story where the bully gets obliterated off the, face <laughs> of the yeah. If you're gonna I, do, if you're gonna do this level of like cartoonish bully, like you're gonna do the sociopath basically, who like mm-hmm. yeah, a parent should have helped him out earlier in his journey as a child, and now yeah. he's you know yeah. There was something so unfulfilling about like this guy feels like he's from the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Think um. I mean, make make him like Sid from Toy Story. Like, give him like uh-huh. an all black room or something like that. Like, uh-huh. lean in. that would have been scary. Like, lean into the sociopath angle. But they wanted to like 
they wanted to hug the bully at the end. And I'm like, why? Why? Mm-hmm. He also, he also, according to the lines they had just said, shouldn't have remembered anything that happened. Like they yeah. were like, oh, oh everyone well, will forget. And then he he's did, like, oh, I love you so much, Sonny. And like, he did say I had, I had a right. bad dream, and I'm, and I'm just so happy to see you. So I think, I think it's just implied that uh, he might have forgotten everything, but it was so impactful still that it did change him on a, it on a deeper him. level. It incepted yeah, he was yeah. incepted. He got goosebumps incepted. Yeah, the the end of the movie, we're jumping all around, but the end of the movie where every, every all the adults forget and just like Sonny, Sam, and Sarah remember mm-hmm. is a little hard to swallow for me, but also it's like kind of um, uh, World of Darkness is like a horror role-playing game system mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is basically operating under the same rules. It's like the body has a mental immune system to like supernatural things where it'll just rationalize everything away. Like that was uh, the werewolf. That was a big dog. Like it'll just do that. That's, that's really interesting. That's an interesting like comparison, Kevin. I, I, you know, as you're talking about it, it makes me wonder of like, it's one of those things where I think, I think this is kind of an indicative of the entire movie of what my allergy to it was, was that like things kind of happened that were like, would be fine. But then I feel like it didn't connect to something that happened 30 seconds earlier or earlier. Like, they felt the scenes felt very interconnected, uh, uninterconnected, right? And yeah. I also I bet that the studio this thing is probably edited and rewritten to death. That's what mm-hmm. I think because I thought like I thought there was some good humor. Like I felt like there were like yeah. the jokes were pretty well written and stuff like that. I don't know that the kids' performances really sold those jokes. I think yeah. that I think the humor worked best. The best, the funniest scene in my opinion, and it wasn't like really laugh out loud funny, but was when their mom and Chris Parnell's character had that extremely awkward conversation. I was like, oh, I see the humor that we're going <laughs> yeah. for here. You know, yeah, the mom was great. Mom was great for the first half. And Wendy then... McClellan, whatever her name is from Reno Nine One One. Yes, she's hilarious. She was really she like carried her seat her her scenes really well yeah well they had to like nerf her for the other half of the movie like, yeah they had to be like mom is now a much worse character yeah that, that 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 made it feel particularly for whatever reason very young the movie at the end when they were like in tesla's factory mm-hmm. and I, I guess the ticking clock is that slabby's gonna destroy the book the ticking clock kind of like changes a little bit what they're focusing on mm-hmm. but like they're trying to flip the switches while mom is just tied up with a ventriloquist dummy mask yeah and and she's just kind of staring there it felt very much like mars needs moms or something of just uh-huh. like right? I, like it suddenly made the movie feel like this is for seven-year-olds this is for babies at the very most in this moment yeah at the very start i thought it was a little weird how old these characters are because they're much older than i think anyone we'd see in a goosebumps book yeah a girl that's about to go to college like that was very old for that and that's our first uh-huh. that's, that's the character we're first introduced to introduced yeah. and then she kind of but then she also leaves i'd say the large part of act two is mm-hmm. sarah's kind of just gone right mm-hmm. like she goes to the she thinks she's gonna go hang out with tommy at the dance instead tommy's there kissing a girl who's like 28 mm-hmm. <laughs> like the actress is clearly not a teenager sorry chad that's tyler not tommy tommy's the bully tyler oh thank you Ty- see they're so scuzzy. They're just scuzzy dudes. There's a lot mm-hmm. of scuzzy dudes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Can I, may I list uh, Tyler's sins really quick? I love, would love to hear Please. Tyler's sins. Hey, sorry, okay. Tyler, Tyler is the heartthrob that cheats on su- Summer. Sarah. Yeah. Sarah, thank you. Tyler uh, breaks and enters. That's sin number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Ding. S- Mm-hmm. Scare, scares a woman sin number two mm-hmm. uh Ty- tyler uh does two acts of product placement very close to very quickly very very I don't, quickly. I don't remember please refresh my uh he says i brought you pringles and red bull <laughs> and then he says pringles and red bull again 
Does he hold, does he hold them up to the camera? Does he? Pretty he much. does. Yeah, pretty much. He does. God damn it! I, but uh, but he doesn't flash the labels because no. I don't think they knew if they got the Pringles and Red Bull like deal locked in. Right. They're like so. they're like we'll ADR this if we got it. Yeah. So he uh, <laughs> he does product placement. His library books are overdue. Oh fuck him on that. He says the only swear in the movie. What does he say? Damn. He says damn. He says damn. And uh, yeah, he he, uh, he he I guess cheats on Sarah, even though it's not clear that they're a thing. And that's sort of you know, it's I, mean, it I definitely I was defending him in the in the moment when she saw him at the at the show, where I was like, well, Sarah's <laughs> I was like, well, Sarah's busy writing her writing her essays all the time. Maybe Tyler is just trying. He's young man. He's just trying to get out there and see what life's all about. He's got to sow his oats. I think I think they can be a little more emotionally honest with each other. Agreed. Like, agreed. Did you see? Did you see the parking for for Sarah? She had the primest parking spot right next to the den. Oh, she had to walk yeah. across the street when she left. She's leaving that. Like I don't. <laughs> if I get a parking spot that close to the club, I guess it's a club in like Nowheresville, New York. Right. But still, sure. It was also like, no. It was a packed club. I noticed that the line. To get inside the club was like hundreds of people long. I'm like, does Sarah just get to jump it? Does she just get that rule where she gets to come in and out? Well, she has no fear, so she just walked right up and right in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bouncer's like, whoa, I see I see a badass that's on my way. I'm going to step out. She's the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> also, fun movie trivia that this is the girl who played... Uh, opposite jack black and jumanji <gasps> no this way is the same girl that huh. she becomes jack black in that in that simulation oh like, good for her but then yeah so it's like i've almost wanted there to be like a, a easter egg joke or something mm-hmm. but they had mm-hmm. they had some good chemistry when they did like the the writer conversation at the end yeah there's a little bit, yeah. I that, that, okay. This is my biggest problem, and I know that we're dealing with a goosebumps thing. And like, I like the movie again. Like, I honestly, I, I wouldn't say I liked it, but I was like, I finished it. I was like, that wasn't bad. Because Chad, you said this was terrible last night, and so I went and expecting. You and I, said that this blows goats. Is yes, what I you said it blew goats, and I expect I was waiting for the first goat blowing to occur, and I couldn't didn't see where it happened. <laughs> And and I I was watching it. And I'm like expecting it to get really really bad, and the whole time I was just kind of like. Yeah, this is fine. This is, you know, like it's doing its thing. But I do think that the fact that they relied so much on the kids and like they had some good adults in it, but they sidelined the adults too much. So they yeah. didn't, I think with like Kevin, you were saying with like Jack Black and, and Madison Eastman, the, the female lead. Mm-hmm. I think that like they had some chemistry and we could have, we could have, like, it was just like in the original, the original one, there was some good chemistry between our leads and Jack Black, and it led yeah. to like a little more comedy and stuff like that. And I think that it would have worked better with that. Mm. That's very fair. I mean, the, the problem really is hinging both on the Jack Black connection and then that it having zero impact on the plot. Like there, there's yes. almost yeah. something like maybe it was supposed to be a comedic moment. Maybe it played better for you, for you guys, but like, so what? Minute, say minute thirty or forty. They've done. And this is what I, I'm glad we're talking about this because I want to bring up the the memory wipe thing where they're like, ah, everyone will forget about it. But mm-hmm. early on, the three kids do research and read yeah. about the events of the first Goosebumps movie, which is the right. funniest newspaper article of like, oh my god, this town swore that they're under attacks by a giant mantis, uh-huh. ghosts, and an evil ventriloquist. And, 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 like, yeah. Pregnant pause. Look at kids. 
and an evil ventriloquist. Dummy. That was a moment. That was a yeah. moment that Jen and I both laughed in not a good way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that no, there, that that first movie, like that, would be national news if you. But you can suspend your disbelief. A sure. girl was plucked out of like the gym at the end of that movie by a giant uh-huh. mantis. Like uh-huh. people died. It's <laughs> it's on the news on some level. So it was almost more like. Why are we trying to say like everyone in this town will forget this ever happened? That yeah, I, that I, event yeah. that event is at least a date that people will not be able to say again without thinking about the deaths that occurred on it. Yeah. <laughs> so the the aspect of like, you know, uh the girl basically leaving a voicemail message on Jack Black's number and we mm-hmm. see him in his cabin, his mm-hmm. his 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 writer's writer's retreat cabin. His Jack Shack. Pausing yeah. t- tons of messages. People are constantly trying to get hold of RL. And he's mm-hmm. about to delete it. But then she says, like, a dummy. And he's like, oh, no. And you mm-hmm. see him getting ready to leave. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, you don't see him again until there's just kind of like a middle of the movie, like a reminder that he's getting ready. And he's like driving out across there. Yeah. And he shows up at the end of the movie after everything's taken care of. Mm-hmm. To maybe tell, I guess he tells Madison, or yeah, sorry, uh, Summer, Sarah, Sarah, I am terrible with names, Sarah, 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 like Sarah Moss, I'll remember like that. Yeah. (laughs) Your favorite. My favorite. He tells Sarah, oh, you know, write what you know. And then he leaves again. And I'm like, he didn't need to be in this movie. Well, and and I think this movie, what really insulted me when we found out that, because I was, because Slappy started talking and I said, oh, that's, uh, that's Jack Black. Great. And Jen was like, no, it's not. And I was like, it sounds like him, kind (laughs) of. And then we looked it up and it wasn't him. And I was like, what? He was, he was the guy in the first movie. He was Slappy in the first movie. And then I'm like, well, where the fuck is this guy? And then he doesn't show up, (laughs) like you said, until the end of the movie. And then that whole time I'm like, they fucking hoodwinked us. Yeah. They, they, they were making this movie. And everyone dropped out, including Jack Black. And then they were like, Jack, you got to do it. You're going to sink the movie. And he said, I'll give you a day. I'll give you a day. And then that was it. And that's, You can and show me driving there. I was oh. so upset about the hoodwinking at the end. I, th- I, think, uh, I think this movie would have been much stronger if they just dropped Jack Black from, yes. from it. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's unneeded bloat. I'm not sure where to put the time because I also think there's too much slappy in this movie. Mm. Well, there was definitely not enough uh, Sasquatch or, or or Bigfoot or well, whatever, like because he only got one cool roar, banged his head, and then then was sucked up, and that was all he got. Yes, I I think what this movie was probably missing. I think you could keep Slappy as the antagonist, but I think what it was missing was any amount of mystery mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to it. Like if if like stuff was coming to life and you had like a minor encounter with like uh like a, a brought to life rubber mask or something like that right they're like why are rubber masks coming to life like there's no real intrigue you're right, you're right. it's a straight action movie right with with halloween uh dressing on it right and i think they were trying to go for more of the comedy thing and i think the comedy yeah. just wasn't like again wasn't carried as well by the children because they're just you know they're, ch- they're child actors and they don't have that Maybe that kind of range. I don't know, dude. A, a skeleton got kicked in the nuts. That was that was high comedy for me. I thought that was great. Wait, a skeleton? I, got, I didn't see the skeleton. I remember get that. In the nuts. I remember that, and I remember going. It was funnier in uh, Monster Squad when they go. The Wolfman has nards, but it was uh-huh. funny. Yeah, it was yep. funny. <laughs> can I can I share a joke that made me laugh? And it was yeah. Um, sure. When when Sarah, I got her name. Yeah. When she's like, I'll I'll go save mom with the book. Oh no, I lost the book. 
like she's vacuuming up ghosts, doing mm-hmm. pretty well, and then like a chubby <laughs> werewolf runs at her screaming. That was funny. Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> it's funny that the guy takes off the mask like he's just like a dude dressed up like a werewolf. But also, it's like I love chubby werewolf. I hope that's a real monster. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted that to be a real thing. I, I also thought Slappy's minions were very effective in a very short amount of time of getting the book and capturing their mom. Oh, they do it immediately. Yeah, like the most competent minions I think I've ever seen in anything. Without a doubt, without well, a doubt. You're right, Kevin. The witches are probably the coolest design, right? These witches Love that are the like witch design are because they are just manifested out of witch hats. They have like mm-hmm. green globe faces that when you mm-hmm. when they scream, like almost like a skeleton jack o' lantern shape shows up. Yeah, that shit was cool. I thought that scene where uh, where where Slappy walks into the Halloween aisle uh, and animates everything in it i thought that was awesome because you get some really like dumb uh slappy animation like just somebody lifting him up and down to be mm-hmm. like he's walking uh-huh. and then you get some really conceptually awesome halloween uh monsters coming to life the mask coming to life was i thought was one of the coolest visuals in this i, I loved that Did you talk about the haunted mask on chris parnell or no 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 what the when like the wolf man the abominable snowman like it well sure. i said this to jen too he walks into the aisle where the goosebumps branded products I, are i know and yeah. i said i said how did in this world where goosebumps branded products are available on on ready <laughs> display at halloween did uh did R.L. Stein's house fall into such disarray in this town? Because obviously... <laughs> well, this is like R.L.'s 10th property that he just owned and sat on, like a fucking landlord. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I would love to talk about the hardware store owned by Chris Parnell. Yes. In that, yeah. I think I think this is where my big problem with the film, and also what made this really great, was... I agree, Kevin. I think the most interesting part of the movie is Slappy is now loose... He's decided mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be friends with the kids. Mm-hmm. He's gonna make. He's gonna enact the revenge ridden in in R.L. Stein's first unfinished manuscript, Haunted mm-hmm. Halloween. Yes. Boy, it's mm-hmm. a good thing it's Halloween. Ch- Chad, what I'm getting is you're not a huge fan of coincidences. <laughs> not usually. <laughs> I would say a, a writer probably you know, a, especially a television writer, probably not a big fan. Of I think you can do some. I think you can do coincidence. It's not a hard rule of like never, but there just sure felt like a lot in this one. Um, I would I would counter with Tokyo Godfathers is an excellent way to show coincidences mm-hmm. and seemingly unlinked mm-hmm. uh, plot points. I I can't remember what happens in that film. I loved it dearly. I gotta yeah. have imagined that Tokyo Godfathers is a much better film than Got Goosebumps. It is. Too. It for sure. It for sure is. But I don't I, know. I think we're gonna have to wait this one out a couple years to see where. It... <laughs> but but what I'm lands. saying is I find it tedious when. Uh, I see too much of, and it begins like it starts. It's a big circle. I don't think that, I don't think overly logical storytelling necessarily produces the most evocative story. No. And I'm not saying that this is the most evocative story ever, but I'm saying it, it made moves and decisions that got its characters into places that were interesting rather than trying to bog everything down with, I, with brick jokes, like, throwing a thing up and then having it land later on in the plot. Kind of like the brick of the bully who was pulled up in the air and then yeah, dropped and later. Then right, down, like, right. My, my, my general favorite thing is the characters, your main characters making choices and actions that cause consequences on the plot. The protagonists mm-hmm. affecting 
And I think what this movie's two of the I hate to use the word sins because now we're summoning cinema sins. The problems. Two, the the problems the movie we have, falls into. We have a lot. said its name twice now, so we yeah, don't say it the damn. third time. Okay. We don't want to summon him a third time. That fucking <laughs> smug piece of shit. Um, maybe I'm as just as annoyed as the cinema sins guy. The oh the, no, here he comes. No, he said no, it three no, times. Chad, no, shit, not, I no, said no. it. God damn it. Uh, uh, you guys. Uh, <laughs> Oh no, he's here. Get him. Get the broom. <laughs> Get the my, bat. I'm working back to my work on the Justice League trailer. Get out of here. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the beyond coincidence, which I think can be used well for dramatic dramatic effect and storytelling, mm-hmm. is if the audience is ahead of the characters, and I felt like there was because we cut to Slappy for comedy a lot. We mm. often knew what was going on right. ahead of the kids, and they were just waiting for Sonny to like discover what's happening. <gasps> he's using the he's using the Tesla coil. I'm like, yeah, we already fucking know. We saw that, like that kind of thing. It's it's I, no, I think I totally agree with that point. Like characters should, if we're following these characters around, like in and it's a really actiony plot. In general, I would like to see their footprint on the the events of of the plot of of what's happening like they should have some agency and these characters were very reactionary uh just kind of like taking the punches as they come Mm -hmm. yeah um i'd I'd say there are a few good moments particularly towards the climax where uh they realize their potential and like they they solve problems from uh within uh not from like someone saving them or someone like giving them any sort of guidance which might uh, might actually have been a little better but yeah i i think these would have been stronger characters if they had more to do yeah they had more to do yeah you're right they their big action early on is we find slappy in this haunted house we didn't even talk about the, the original plot point right we found him in a boarded up house yeah oh we found a secret button slappy mm-hmm. was or the, the book the book the was in there manuscript they... was put in a lockbox mm-hmm. in this empty room. Boy, RL, you had a lot of real estate. Mm-hmm. And the box has the, both the unfinished manuscript locked and the key right next to it. That's not really a good way to deal with your locks and keys, RL. <laughs> it was already in a box behind a cat. Like, Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So at that point, why even use the lock? I guess. I don't know. The The point I, the, the really the action they make is when they open the book. And Slappy is suddenly there. They mm-hmm. find the slip of paper in his pocket that I think is directly from the books. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. it's the phrase that the kids always say to, to summon him. I think him, yeah. it was in Slappy's pocket too. The like turn me on kind yeah. of mm-hmm. ritual, which mm-hmm. then is used for kind of anything the movie needs Slappy to do. Right? Like right. if he if he says it out loud in the superstore, it turns everything alive. Turns your mom into a ventriloquist dummy. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my here's my turn for this. Here's here's my here's another punch up I got for you. Right. Please. What if in this early draft, Slappy is actually really nice and he Aww. does all the things he does in this movie? That's what he was doing. He was being nice for a while and it was great. Yeah, what but what if what if he didn't do the evil laugh? What if he like <laughs> yeah. what like what if he was just being really nice and he finds out that in later drafts and much more successful projects he's evil i love that why wasn't slappy a good guy in this one i yeah. love that kevin because it plays along <laughs> with a lot of the like this is technically a different slappy than the slappy we encountered mm-hmm. in right. Goosebumps one mm-hmm. it's from a different mm-hmm. book unless it's a shared dimension 
And it kind of plays in with the books because the books would do that too, where Slappy was only the villain in the fair. He wasn't even the villain in the first one, right? Oh, yeah. Throughout like the first like uh, act, that would be such great pressure on the audience because anyone who's read a book or like has, you know, uh, or, or has a bad feeling about puppets knows that this guy is evil. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's a bomb taped to the bottom of the table and only the audience can see well, it. Sort and, of and they sort of, again, they sort of did that to start. Like they kind of, but we we saw through it instantly, you know, like, and, it, and yeah, he, yeah. he's instantly getting up to, to, to no good stuff. But like. I, I don't know when he when he messes with the Tesla coil. Like, is he doing that evilly? I don't know that he technically I, is. I think he's. Yeah. I I love your pitch, Kevin. I yeah. I great. think I interpreted this version of slapping in the movie as no, he's evil from the very beginning. That mm-hmm. like yes, it, yes. because he's do because there's that moment you reminded me of where like it, within the first scene that the boys meet Slappy is like we'll be best friends. <laughs> like I was like okay, so he's evil. You guys should realize that he is evil from just mm-hmm. the Joker laugh and the. The Street Fighter, the, I mean, he does the Street Fighter Oh my thing. God, the Street Fighter thing is crazy. I, I thought that was really cool. It it makes no sense, and it's for no one who would consume this movie. It, it only thing it does is it gives us, one, a cool scene, because it looked cool, and the sound effects were perfect that they used the original yeah. sound effects. I thought it worked really nicely. And then you get yeah. the beautiful Harry Potter, I love magic style line right there, you know? <laughs> Like, Speaking of Harry Potter, they just used that. They just used that music for like the editing process when they didn't have. A, uh huh. That was the temp track. Uh huh. Yeah the the first the the very first like music we hear is practically a sound like of. There is something about this movie that I think if you'd made I, I love your pitch for example, Kevin, that would have sold this movie so much more to me. I hmm. think what I really hard hard fought against was it's really not a Goosebumps movie. I know Slappy's in it, but mm-hmm. like yeah. the part where he goes into the hardware store and casts the spell that turns everything alive, I go, oh, this is this is a spirit Halloween movie. If this had been officially licensed spirit Halloween, the monsters have come alive and everything <laughs> in the store is like, because that's there's very little goosebumps in this, and that's really where I kept getting mad. Right. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't use the. It's not like the first one where it really uses a lot of the IP, right? Where it's like, oh, we're gonna use all the different characters and stuff. Like he, they just do a bunch of spooky characters, which I appreciated because some of the characters they came up with were really cool, except for the weird cyborg lady that was in there. I was like, what was that? the cyborg about? I was like, I don't, I don't like know. her. I don't like her. She should not be in that in that group collection she's really feeling out of place uh that, that was that was very weird but i think we're skipping over the fact that um chad is implying that he really likes goosebumps and that it wasn't represented enough in this work uh, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of my bone with the first one which was flawed but eh, at least it was like yeah there's some stuff there i could see me being a teenager and having fun at this uh-huh. film was like oh, i wish there'd been more of the goosebumps in there they kind of show them in the third act there's that big crowd shot where you see all of them and then you don't really get to see them all yet, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're really just kind of sucked up. You see the blob in everything. You see the shocker on Shock Street Mantis. Yeah. And then kind of a crowd shot. It's almost, the first one's almost like, what if Cabin in the Woods had that shot of all the monsters in the cubes and it just stopped there, mm-hmm. right? The rest of the third act didn't happen. Right. So I was like, I'm really excited for Goosebumps too. They're going to let loose. Mm-hmm. They're going to like... There's so many ones they didn't do. We haven't seen Monster Blood yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all, all of these things, and even the Haunted Mask. Like, And then when the Haunted Mask goes in Chris Pine, I'm like, that's not really what the Haunted Mask does. Like, That's <laughs> not 
<laughs> I kept going, like, not to be a lore nerd. I was more just like, this is more what if Halloween things came alive. Right, right. Which is a fun premise. It was, and it was cool. Like my one of my favorite things was when they before the Tesla thing goes off, they're in the the boy's house, and he reaches in and grabs the gummy bears. Yeah, he needs to have them. And the thing is a fake <laughs> is a fake out. I, I, I was like, kid, you're on a mission here. You got to keep going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. But, Sonny goes like, what are you doing? I'm like. <laughs> It was incredibly narrow-sighted to just stop and start eating gummy bears. Sorry, really quick. They didn't make the fat kid make the food joke. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, but I did love I love that he did that. And then I loved that they go upstairs and come back down. And then the Tesla goes off. And then he that thing does grab his hand after that i like i wanted a little bit more of like playing around with the uh, with that stuff a little bit you know but but i think that was set up well because you expect the hand to be the villain definitely you expect the hand to be the monster and then it's the gummy bears that are like the real threat mm-hmm. i thought that was a clever little subversion of our expectations i love that whole sequence i thought that was great theoretically the hand is also sentient was living its own life that night Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what this movie mostly is? It's that great sequence that's done for about a minute in the original Ghostbusters, where mm-hmm. ghosts are unleashed on New York, right? And then they just manifest in weird ways, right? Yeah, it's like, uh-huh. oh, the lady's mink robe comes alive, and they start racing down the street. Taxi driver mm-hmm. suddenly got a skeleton ghost in it. It's like this was that. wearing its Ghostbusters inspirations on its sleeve for sure. I mean, there's the shot of Slimer and. Um, and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, in as uh, Sonny gives his his speech, his practice speech. In oh, front I of didn't know. I didn't. I didn't clock that. That's a good. That's yeah, a good they're yeah. they're yeah. hanging off to the side, but that like the the book is is effectively a trap, right? Like it's effectively a ghost trap. Yes. And then yeah. the end sequence on the top of the building where the giant balloon scorpion or spider is attacking is one hundred percent like a, it's like a very like it's a very I, I don't know pretty obvious homage, but I think it's cool. I think it was nice. Yeah, I think if this had been the Spirit Halloween movie, I would have been a lot. To clarify, too. you're saying the Spirit of Halloween, the store that we all love that shows up three months, three yeah. wonderful months out of the year. Yeah, Spirit so- Halloween that has taken over any retail store that you once loved and is now mm-hmm. a Spirit Halloween. Mm-hmm. If this had been an officially licensed Spirit Halloween movie, I would have been like, "Good job! I want to go to Spirit Halloween." I just, Chad, I just feel like I feel like our job on this podcast is sometimes to eat bran. And like, <laughs> and like, we just saw a movie that made bran kind of palatable, and you're like, I didn't really taste the bran, and I kind of wanted to taste more bran. I want that bran. I've gotten used to bran. I love bran. <laughs> I I love this gruel. Give me more of the gruel. And you're like, yeah, it wasn't gruely enough. Like, if this is the gruel movie, then where's all the gruel? <laughs> I just, I just, I just want, I want better for kids. This movie felt, I, I, I don't. It felt honestly. I felt like this movie. It's. I feel like you're right, Chad. In that, it, I felt like it was a little all over the place in terms of who it was aiming for. Because at the beginning, for the first like 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a like a snarky comedy type of thing. Yeah, the whole it time, definitely was you know? snarky at the very beginning. There's a lot of like fun little like ad lib lines. Yeah, there's some good stuff going on there. But then it kind of quickly moves into. I don't know. The kids kind of take a backseat to everything that's going on. I feel like I don't know. I mm-hmm. I didn't feel like the kids really had. I like we talked about they had their setups for what their personalities were and they and they followed through to a certain extent but I don't know that I felt like any of those things really I don't know I like maybe like Sarah's thing with writing and stuff like that like I, I guess she gets the speech from RL and that's what where RL really fits in is that gives her giving her that speech at the end but like mm-hmm. 
she could have used her like ability to tell a yarn a little yeah, bit or something. Yeah, like, she, I don't know. She, she thousand one Aver, uh, knights, right? Knights right. and slappy, and then kicks him in the Tesla coil or whatever. Mm-hmm. She showed her creativity. Yes, I guess she did. With, yeah, uh, with the book swap, I. It's not really writing, but like. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, yeah, that could have been a more appropriate like storytelling yeah. sort of finish. If, if Sloppy had been like, "How do you get this book? How'd you get the book?" and mm. she had to make up a story on the spot, even if it was like ten mm. seconds long, I'd be like, "Oh, okay, I see that there." Yeah. Or, or you could go even like you could go even. Uh, what I thought she'd have to do was like take a pen out and start writing stuff in the book, and yeah. then mm. the what she wrote would be like too hackneyed, and the book would reject it. And it's like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like you need to write from the heart. I would love that. I think I also thought that was going to happen in um scary stories to tell in the dark, the film. They do a, mm. there's a lot of similar of like this book is dictating what's happens, and so I was like, Yeah, just start writing pages. The blob that ate everyone has a magic typewriter in right. it that you right. could easily incorporate into this story. And they and they yeah, they talk about typewriters and like it would have been nice yeah. if she used her writerly powers at some point. That I just think that would have been nice. Sunny has like the closest with like building the Tesla Tower and then figuring out how to overpower it and stuff like that. And I like that. But uh, does that even cause any issues? No, I, think- I, was, I was about to ask. I think a big line that was like, I, I remember yelling at the TV. I'm a so much fun to watch movies with. Um, <laughs> was Sunny going like, that's it. When I built my, my Tesla coil, it overloaded. Oh, Sun, only, you know, Slappy was able to make it work. It's like, that's it. We overload the Tesla coil here. Mm-hmm. So then like, that's his idea. And then they start running to the switches and he immediately zaps himself. And he goes, ah, Slappy booby trapped everything. And then mm-hmm. you never see him until the end. I don't think he did anything. I don't think so. Yeah. I think he had the yeah. idea, and then like, well, that conflicts with what we want to have up in the upper scene, so... I think that was just sort of there to um, buy, like, some plausible time for uh, Sarah to go mano y mano right. slappy on the roof. Because otherwise they would just do it instantly, and then it'd be done. So it was just sort of like, oh, this won't be as easy as we previously thought. I think this movie has a main character problem. I think that's the problem. Mm. It doesn't know who its main character is. Is it Sonny or Sam? Yeah, yeah. Or, sorry, Sonny or Sarah. Like, you know, like, and it's like, yeah. pick one of those two and make them be the through line of like, who has to change? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if you're going to have, if you're going to have the two of them be the deuteragonists together, Deuterag- like, that's what it's called. Yeah, no, it's a good, that's a, that is a very <laughs> impressive term. Never heard that term before. I love it. I thought you meant it like cool dude, aragonist. That's all. <laughs> but now I see, I, I see what you mean. Duo deuteragonists. If you're gonna have to, if you're gonna have two of them be the deuteragonists, have them be like the shadows of each other, like, right? Yeah. Really, really set up how they're different and uh, and, and like how they push each other and how they move each other forward. Oh sure, no, you. T- I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I don't think, I just think that neither of them get a sufficiently satisfying victory in this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I. That's what I mean by it. Like, they, you can obviously you can have two protagonists in a movie. Um, I just think that I think. Sarah ultimately is the one who gets to knock him into the thing because she really is what the movie's about, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think that Sunny is a little more interesting and a little more ap- appropriate uh, of a Goosebumps character. So maybe we, go. we also spend way more time with Sunny, like for the most of the movie. If it feels like yeah. Act One and Act yes. Three are Sarah, and mm-hmm. then Act Two is all the two boys. Yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. You guys are related to each other. I forgot if. If like if Sarah is the protagonist, which I think they're they decided she is with editing, um, <laughs> I I think that probably the the theme of family co- should come home a little bit more. Uh-huh. You know, Slappy can't be part of the family because he doesn't cooperate with anyone. 
he doesn't listen to anyone. He tries to do everything himself. Like mm-hmm. they should have made that a little more clear. And Sarah's like re- has the realization that she loves her family and that she's been trying to get away all this time and she loves her family. Yeah, and then yeah. at the end she gets into Columbia and she's like, Peace out, motherfuckers. Bye. And like <laughs> I'm going to college. <laughs> Ivy League. Um you know, oh, Kevin, off your off your amazing pitch um mm. of how to like how to I won't say fix this movie, how to improve this movie. Like, I think that same thing could go along with in the version where Slappy actually wanted to be good and the kids pushed him away. Mm-hmm. That would fall that would fall even stronger because it'd be like I get Slappy mm-hmm. going like, I don't want to be part of your family. You guys all suck. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be my family of monsters and we're all mm-hmm. doing way better. My witches like got got three boys immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'd be pretty incredible. It, in in my head, uh, Proto Slappy fights Canon Slappy oh on, my God. on the top of the Tesla coil. So I think the fact that this movie couldn't even get Jack Black to come back for more than five yeah. minutes of screen time just just set a bar of there was not going to be any subversiveness with no, this movie. I, you know I, I, I kept mean? wondering if you took if Jack Black wasn't in this, and it's mm-hmm. very possible that Jack Black was like added in post in like reshoots, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. it's one of those. That's how little he's in this movie. That if you didn't have Jack Black, this might have been a straight-to-DVD. This feels very much like a straight-to-DVD. They did get Chris Parnell and Jack Black on the same day. That's true. That's true. Unless that was a very convincing green screen of Chris Parnell. No, Chris Parnell's there. Chris Parnell is just a a solid comedy workhorse. He is available. (laughs) I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I love Chris Parnell. He shows up. He is there. He was doing makeup. He was wearing fucking monster. That was like him. In the haunted nest, no, you don't think I so. Sure, I wasn't sure. I couldn't get. I was trying to get a read of if that was him as as the. I think it is. I didn't see in the IMDb credits of like a, a stunt guy for him or anything, but I'm not convinced. I'm positive they swapped him out. Yeah, because he doesn't. He just doesn't have any lines or anything that really puts him over as being the as being the haunted mask. He's got a he would, he's got a couple lines though that are like not related to the haunted mask, but just him being like I. I because like Simon's like you're very good at woodworking. He's like I used to run a hardware store or whatever. Uh huh. Right. I was like I think that's Pardell, which you know maybe, maybe if it's not him, if it is him, like I'd, good for you for being in the makeup chair every day. Listen, this this movie has so little star power. They would show his face if it was Chris Parnell. I think so. I don't think they would have wrapped him up in makeup. I I think it was him. We'll find out. <laughs> Send us your um, send us your guesses. Was it Pardell or was it a was it a fraud? Listen, Hollywood insiders, we need you now more than ever. <laughs> also, when uh, when when Sonny uh, calls um, uh, Slappy a psycho, I thought that was a good horror movie reference because of Slappy's mommy issues. And oh, like, that is nice. I like inside. I liked uh, if we're just saying some things that we liked about it. I liked that R.L. Stein's <laughs> cover name had was Shivers was his thing, which Mr. I thought Shivers, was a fun. Yeah. I thought that was a fun allusion to the knockoff uh, Goosebumps books that we've read on this show. I w- is yes. that what it was? Because I remember, like, did he use that name in the the books ever? That's what I couldn't remember. If that was he a, did not. That was M.D. Spencer's Shivers series, which That's we read what it was. <laughs> one book of where a child gets. Ground up in a grist mill of apples. Uh, hey, that's right. That that's was right. great. We got. It. We also got to give a shout out to that whole three seconds of RL himself. 
Oh yeah. They're, oh yeah. They're at the science exhibit going, congratulations for your great science exhibit. He nailed it. He one take. One take back, did yeah. it. Went back. One take. Went, I'm leaving. I'm going. He home. did it. He had his Marvel moment. He Stan lead and he got out. <laughs> they had to pull him out because, you know, those stage lights, they were giving him a sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> the act of physically touching anyone else causes him great discomfort, but he was shaking that voice head. Either that or they CG'd him in. We don't know. You know, you know what? This is the hu- my fucking hubris is this weekend. I've been thinking about talking about this, this movie with you boys all yeah. weekend. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh-huh. man, you know, I think my main complaints is I just... I just want to do a Goosebumps movie, give it the love and care it deserves. Not that anyone would ever let any of us ever touch them ever after this podcast. No, that, that's no. That's the humor. like, we are blacklisted, I think, creatively. I mean, I mean, only if they had, like, some sort of recorded proof that we had said anything <laughs> disparaging about the Goosebumps series. But I can't think of where they would obtain such a document. Gotta delete the podcast. Gotta, gotta start getting in there now for Goosebumps 3. I think we're gonna have our chance. The world will come around on us. Yeah. Well, it sets up as fucking sequel. We wanna talk about that? I mean, yeah, that was um, that was the most Goosebumps part of it, I think, was the, you thought it was a happy ending? Well, guess what? Jack Black's going in a book. Yeah, uh-huh. Slappy tracks Jack Black back to his, his, his cottage. I and think Slappy Tracks Jack Black back to his cottage is a great tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess he wrote his own book and he's like, you're going in the book now, Papa. And then he put, and <laughs> we just see Jack Black go into hell. Well, you know what? He's getting his payback for taking that child out of the first movie and placing her into a book hell. So, you yeah. know, I think he, I think he kind of deserved it. I, as, as probably annoyingly mean I've been to this movie uh, in this episode, I had a blast talking it with you boys. Hey, I, and yeah, like I know I was, I think I was siding on the side of hate, but I really actually watched <laughs> this movie. Siding on the side of hate is the my side of hate. That's my, uh, that's my metal band that I'll be releasing an album with later this year. <laughs> I think I think we did what we what we did last episode in uh, Camp Cold Lake was we all came in hot with our good, bad, or neutral uh, views mm-hmm. on on this work, and we all got pulled closer together. Oh. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. yeah, unless unless Chad is still mad at me for calling him cinema. Sense, which I, I, I am I, <laughs> the the burn the 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 ghost impressions in my skin. <laughs> <laughs> are are slowly fading, right? The, like, a, on yeah. your cheek is a cinema sins. The watermark from YouTube uh, is on uh-huh, your cheek right now. Yeah, it's it's leaving. It, it was a listen. It, it's like you, you threw a big haymaker, Kevin, and it hit. I know because you are a mighty powerful person. <laughs> and Chad, I, ba- I I I accept your criticisms of uh, of the plot and of this work. Think I I think. Uh, I think I learned a little something from the master today as well. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> I also uh, I I appreciate getting to see like what works for everyone too and what hits right and like mm. I think there is still merit in telling modern day like horror movie for both kids and teenagers. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If if Goosebumps three ever comes out, I'll watch it. Hey, maybe we'll review it for episode 200. Damn. I love that. I love that. I love calling that shot. This has been another episode of Goosebuds. Again, it was episode 100, which is 
amazingly astoundingly insane that we've been able to do this for 100 episodes i know thank you to everyone who listens when did you guys start because i came in i came in like a year after you guys had gotten going right yeah i think so like last time we checked was like 20 i think somewhere 2014 2015 i don't even know Mm -hmm. i don't even know we don't know we're not gonna look it up you can (laughs) kevin have you really been editing this show for that long um yeah probably um it was at least a computer ago (laughs) i love that tracking of time (laughs) all right seven eight years okay got it yeah yeah it's it's been a long time yeah i'm on a different computer now i so (laughs) i want to do a little retrospective just personally that like you know sharing these mostly bad i say generally usually bad books Mm -hmm. or Mm. flawed books Mm-hmm. has still uh increased my appreciation for the genre i think i love ya books even more yeah because of this podcast mm-hmm. yeah um despite making fun of papa papa rl all the time i i still see him as this titan i don't mm-hmm. know of a titan of story as much as a titan of i don't know <laughs> submitting the damn document yeah he gets his he gets his goddamn manuscripts in we we quoted him from a book i don't know i think it was one of the more recent ones we read where he talked about i think it it was from the blob that ate everyone where he talks about like hey those kids always talk about how they can write better stories but me i wrote them and you know what (laughs) he fucking wrote them dude he wrote them and i respect Mm -hmm. the hell out of that yeah. He didn't give in to his fear. So, RL, we'd like to formally invite you uh, once again for the 100th <laughs> time to uh, give us a give us a jingle. Send us an AIM message uh, if you want to if you want to come on the show. We'll pay uh, you in cameos. Can we just cameo you to get you on the podcast? Every episode. Yeah. You can be in every episode. Now. <laughs> oh, if we had if we had a cameo of RL saying you're listening to Goosebuds, that would send chills down my spine. <laughs> I I might look into that after this episode. Um, <laughs> I, I also want to like thank everyone for listening to this podcast, and like we I, we have such like amazingly cool fans who mm. like especially the ones we get to talk to all the time in like our Patreon Discord and mm-hmm. and on Twitter. Like, there's people who are like listen to this podcast with their loved ones mm-hmm. and have found friends. I think there's at least one couple that like met via Goosebuds. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wow. at least one. At least one if, you know, according to the the story we heard on, on Discord. Like that is astounding. And I am Love so happy that this podcast could bring like any sort of joy or I don't know, just like distraction. Uh, mm. from the harsh realities of the world. I definitely just want to thank everybody. Uh, I've only been, I've only really had this gig for about three months now. Um, and I'm still learning and I'm still a student and everyone's been so patient and nice and encouraging of me on this show that uh, it's been a, a huge boost to my self-esteem and you guys have been like super cool with me being here. And uh, I just want to say thanks for that because uh, it means a lot. Oh, we love you, Kevin. Yeah, I want to say thank... I love you, Kevin. I love you much. Love you guys, too. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening and keep on slapping. All right, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna gonna take down the magic circle. And Kevin, okay. I'm going to... Here's the thing, Kevin, I'm going to run at you, but it's going to yep. be a big hug. Okay. It's 
gonna be a big okay, old yeah. hug. All right. Should I also run at you, or is that too much force? Um, like, Paul, how about you get in the middle between us so that we all just get yeah. to like kind of just like yeah. friend hug want, right there? Yeah, I want you to squish against me so hard that I pop out the middle and out into I, the sky. I think we're actually at like the perfect heights where like we're each like starting with me. You guys are each a head taller than the other, so like we could rush a nesting doll. Yeah, yeah. So I'll hit Paul like right in the chest, and then Chad, you come around. Okay. Here we go. All right, All right Ray. Here we go. All right, let's do Ray, it. Ray. Yulia. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters, including these fantastic people. Stefan Jive Turkey Kuabara. Hollis Hornbeak. Cameron Murphy Audio. Michael McDowell. David Cron. Josh Robertson. Nikki C. Nathan Dolezal. Clayton C. Mike Lanteri. Buddy Morrill. Mel Dipson. Jim Greaves. Sankey. Ailcade. Danky McStanky. Aaron T. Strong. Dango Twist? Victor! Afshi. <laughs> Brian Wells. Stealth Bates. Becca McWilliams. Zen Tackles. <laughs> Joseph Miranda. Patrick Reynolds. Scott Colopy. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. John Keady. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. Christina Doling. Third Sergio. Scaff. Low belly hate me? <laughs> why are you heading questions? I love the questions. <laughs> I love the questions. You know why. Oh, I know why. Matthew the Necro Fan Male Nomicon. Reinfected? Maddie. Ishak Arafin. Alan Sailor. Sam Hash. Cody Redfield. Bradford Goulter. Aiden Alexander Dice. Sniggy. Jar Jar Slanks. Oh my god. Joshua Jacobwitz. Justin Wagman. Gregory D. Waran. Chosen One. Jonas Blotterman. Leviathan. Rich Hillborn. Up and Champ. Jonas Engman. Alicia Grafe. Cardboard Walk. Trent Davis. Maloyster. Brock Graham. Carl. Hey, Paul. Pause for a second. I gotta get something off my chest. Oh, go ahead. I think I love broccoli. Me too. Oh, me hey, too. Hey, broccoli's. Pro- I'm coming around to broccoli in these later ages. I get this. It's good stuff. Yeah. Roast that I shit. Like, yeah. I like a broccoli. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Get some co- colorist flavor, everybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Joe Gorman. Elusive Koala. Yanni Makovina. <laughs> I love when we sing a, just like a fun, tuneless bit to somebody's name. <laughs> I did that earlier and I was like, I was like, I don't even know where I was going with that. Like uh-huh. like we're like we're a grandparent with like a tray of yams or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I've come with the yams, guys. Music is a journey, right? <laughs> you you figure it out as you go. Paul Grasso, trans rights. Hell yeah. Taylor Dirks. Joe, remember to save early and often. Scott. Joe. Brooke X. Corey Shelley. Besus Christ. <laughs> Christian Van Skyver. Drew Applegate. Jeremy Lowe. Space Tiger. Trendy Moron. Brian Hobgood. Slumlord Onion. Don't be a Slumlord Onion. Jordan Lockwood. Foolish for Deborah. Zach Connor. 
He's got electric in him. Connor Church. Vincent Modica. Luke Noodles. Patreon underscore donator, comma, yo. Uh, Joe, spooky digital ghost, Tierney. Hugh Bolin. Sam Bambino. Tom Woodham. Nicholas Johnson at your service. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Hamilton, pleasure to meet you. <laughs> Andrew, keep up the good work, everyone. Jadzik, at your service, not your families. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is I, Lord Cornwallis, who has called you all here. Wow, just stepping on my name, Lord Cornwallis, Elizabeth Steedweg. Oh, I'm sorry. I got so excited because I am a lord of the Cornwall. Cardamom, Birkin Beano. Andrew Evans? I almost won again. <laughs> I almost stepped on you. Because I'm daddy's happy apple boy. Oh, yeah. Nathan Remick. Devaldi. <laughs> John the Howling Eyed Duda. Goon Cahoots! <laughs> SNES Chalmers. Sean Minogue. Reed Steubendike. Joey Evans. Wormtown <laughs> Glenn. Just made Love Wormtown Glenn. Are you from Worcester? <laughs> I wonder if he's from Worcester. No way. Is that really a thing that people say? Wormtown? Yeah, we call we call Worcester Wormtown. Oh, no shit. I just thought it was a fun oh. a fun place to be from called Wormtown. Tell us yeah. more about yourself, Wormtown Glenn. Uh, wiggle it. Buff can. Some cool chads are cool and not fret ch- chads. You see? <laughs> Don't know. That was a sentence that I had no idea where it was going the whole time. <laughs> Uh, Carewise Gamgee. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Cameron Hansen. Paul, watch out. Slink is behind you. Oh, you got him. You got him. He wasn't there, you you jerk. (laughs) Ship Handsome. Is it me? Matt McClellan. Hi, Matt. What's up? Stinklitch. Swaggy Odo Squire. (laughs) Now that was crooning right there. Thank you. Generally depressing. Etono more. Alex Moon, the robot dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ben Bohan. Sarah Kemp. Tanya Turtle. Chili Dish Gambino. Dan. Chris Pittman is a bone wizard. Hey, Eric. It's going to be all right. You're doing a great job. I really Sorry hope. my voice cracked reading your name. Oh, no. I, I, Dude, I hope their name really is Eric, and this is just getting an affirmation out of this episode. Yeah, that, that felt <laughs> real. I liked that. <laughs> Eric, you're doing great. You're doing great, Eric. Eric, keep it up, man. Boss Garretson. Adam, you goofed. <laughs> Adam, you fucked up, though. <laughs> Juan Jalapena. Brett. Jonas Envoldson. Calamity Carl. When dragons rule. <laughs> Germ juice. Muscles bear. Nick Johnson at your service. <laughs> Keith Halcro of Halcro Co. A Dakota Campion is never late. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Misodoulakis. Oh, yeah, not us. Clay McCarty. Matthew Stevens. Stephen Day. Parker Lee. The Venomous Viper. Hamboat. Chris, back to that Master Sphere hustle, Nelson. Oh, we have a, we have a, we have, someone finally answered back. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, is it mine? Is it mine to say? I think so. Oh, Mommy's Sad Banana Boy. <laughs> Is, are they fated to to meet Happy Apple I Boy? I think so. Is that like, <laughs> when will the boys meet? Is this like a Keymaster Gatekeeper situation? I think, I think <laughs> this is a Hedwig and the Angry Ants, two halves of the same person coming together oh, to form I a full. Oh, I hope you guys meet. Me too. Ryan Carroll. 
Sadie, Caton Franklin, Raymond Hernandez, Flemily, The Crow Fans, Matthew Sutton, Megan McCormick Mason, Jeremy Bowser, his dad works at Nintendo, Patrick Murphy, Ninja Breadman, Hood Levin, Carter Glass, Kelsey Kinnaman, Got Little Old Moi, Pretty Freaked, Russell Kastberg, Xavier Jimenez, uh, Dr. Chocula, Brendan Arafin, Liam Neesonstow, Chris Putrakis, Jeffrey Owen Cahi. I like this one. Grammaticus Gore. That's Ooh. cool. That's like a like a teacher in the Mad Max world. Scotty Pippen. We got Scotty Pippen again. He's back. Jimmy Soul. Peanutburg, level 69. Sunset Streak. Meet Virginia. Wonderskin. Dungeon Kappa? Elliot Thompson 3. Elliot Thompson's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> moon juice. Come and get your moon juice here. MC Hamster, still going strong after the hamster dance. Zach Ware. Tom G. Munir. Kelly the Barbarian. Ellen G. Jussum. Tobi- Tobias. Ooh. Get the fuck out of here, Paul. Space. Tobias Clark. I love you, Tobias. Michael <laughs> Kupka. <laughs> Julian Lamendia. <laughs> Adam Muth. Cod Salmon. Brendan Neal. Mike Spaghetti Jones. <laughs> Robert Allen Cook, the third. Liana Urenko. Reed Demption. The Davy Boy. Kenny M. Skelefella. Doctor Diarrhea. Ooh. Chris. I'm glad I got this one. Yes. Yeah, XX one. underscore Epic Gamer for 2069 underscore XX Smith. <laughs> I tried to hit the capitalization letters. You know, like yeah, you, you, did know, it, you did it. You did it. Thank you. It was good tone. Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. Quigley Jones. 69 Pauly Shore. 311. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Zachary Roberts. Mark. Alex Orr. Ross Short. Uh, Wagmar Wigmere. And we got some new people in the Book of Names. Whoa, whoa, welcome Book of Names. And this is a person who's been here, but I don't know. Chad, go ahead. You can do this. Well, yeah, you've been on the podcast. Thank you for joining the Book of Names, the best little horror house in Philly. We now own your podcast. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Levi Kidder. Welcome. And welcome Dakota Kemp. Oh, we love you all. Thank you all so much, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Stay safe. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please do that. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.